0: What's up, y'all? You're listening to The Goat Rodeo, a podcast about how to do life, family, travel, and small business, all on your own terms. Let's get to it.
1: What up? Got me
0: some water. I'm almost done with my water. Got me some coffee? I need some more coffee. You always need more
1: coffee, unless just science.
0: Jeez. I, I'm just been like, I, I went and worked out yesterday hoping that I would have some extra like release of the insomnia, and it didn't help. It, huh? I was super exhausted right after, hmm. and then got a 14th wind, and like 3 in the morning, I'm like, <laughs> do, 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 do. I wonder what a natural pool would look like in my yard. <laughs> I
1: should research. The answer is I, not nearly as good as you think it would look.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I should research pool filters and how much gallons per minute a pump needs to be able to push up a 12 foot waterfall. Yeah. Cause that's you what know? you need right now. It's absolutely the essential necessary information for life.
1: Yeah. And uh, also build your fucking bus
0: right I that? also well I've I've exhausted all the necessity of like I, I don't have any more like questions of what I need to do up to this point and so I'm sure as I start to build it I'll have a billion YouTube questions but like yeah. right now I know exactly what I need to do it's just a matter of time of doing it and getting it to work well, so, we've established you have time at 3 a.m. that's been done I have yeah if my so, neighbors didn't mind the sound of my compressor I would be cranking on that bitch yeah so how you doing? Your hair pretty Eric, good. It looks nice. Oh,
1: you think it does? And then this—that's that's a part that's not so nice. Yeah. Did you do that? Uh, well, no, my wife did. Um, but she doesn't seem to follow instructions from her husband very well.
0: <laughs> from the front, you look pretty good.
1: Yeah. So, like I told her, I was like, "Hey, you got to go up, and you just got to go past it. Like you got to go past yeah. it, so we get the fade." And she keeps going, J-j-j-j-j. and then fight ensues. And it's either I shut up and get the rest of my hair cut or I'm walking <laughs> around with a havesy. can so.
0: you can you fade it yourself? I always cut my own hair.
1: No, I'm not that. I don't really give a fuck, yeah, if I'm
0: walking around, people don't like my hair. I think it's funny. I've just made the day better. It's good. It's cut- kind of, well, I mean people do that on purpose. they like shave that like line. I mean it doesn't usually just look like you have a cap on, but <laughs> At least it's um, fairly
1: even. It's actually it's quite close to my uh, junior and high school haircut. It's fairly close. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's because that's. I mean, you've seen Vanilla Ice. Like we used to. My, we used to do this on
0: purpose. Well, that's what I'm saying. My son, I did like a line, like it was like an arch down like this. Yeah. And then like about here, it like zigzagged up. Mm-hmm. So it was like the side of his hair went kind of like an arch and then a zigzag. Yeah. And then I cut like a hard part into his head. So yeah. like he loved he, it. Was it's like. That's what people pay to do now. Yeah. So I'm so, almost there. You're a trendsetter. Yeah.
1: And uh, there's zero <laughs> fucks being given about my haircut. So <laughs> I don't care.
0: On camera, you still look presentable. As, so as long as the way. front's looking good.
1: Yeah. The top yeah. doesn't look
0: good. It's really only, mine- only this. This is the only part that looks good. I shade mine almost completely off. Like I have hardly any hair left. Yeah. Like, it's just real, real, real short. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I just am like, whatever, man. I'm hot. It's super hot as balls. So yeah, that's what she said. I don't said. really want to sweat all the time. <laughs> Satan, I always, that's my new favorite is it's hotter than Satan's taint. That's, nice. just, that's been my favorite nice. lately. It's hotter than Satan's taint in here. My kids don't know what that means, but they they giggle at it.
1: Yeah. Uh, and he, and it taint's a good word.
0: <sighs> yeah, taint's always a good word. Taint, taint right, taint wrong. Yeah. All right. Let's do this. What are we doing? Uh, yeah. So the formats, the formats pretty much like this is like, uh, I like to kind of get into conversation rather than just interviewing you, like asking yeah. questions. So mm-hmm. kind of like we talked about before is just like more story-based, but yeah. I always, I usually do a bumper at the beginning. That's mm-hmm. like, Hey, this is Andrew Funderburg. Blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. But I like you to just kind of tell us a little bit about you to start off with. So uh, maybe tell us who you are, like for people, my mom listens to this podcast and I say that all the time. I like, so people who don't know who you are in the photography industry, just give a little bit of clarification so that your information that you talk about has a little bit of like context. So we'll just start there. Okay.
1: Should I say my name? Hi guys. Hey, should I say my name? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So uh, I'm going to give my intro, especially for Chad's mom. So hi, Chad's mom. My name's Andrew Thanks. Funderburg. I'm leaving that in there, by the way. That's fine. My name's <laughs> Andrew Funderburg. Um, most people call me Fundy because that's a short version of Funderberg, because my father was Coach Fundy and I was Little Fundy and then I grew up and so now I'm just Fundy. Unless I'm at home, then I'm not even Little Fundy. I'm just, hey, Andy, <laughs> pick up your stuff and help me with the dishes. <laughs>
0: Funderberg does sound like pretty legit like official like a name of like a building or a technology oh yeah that's like. a yeah it's a good solid name it's a good solid yeah name. so uh, I went
1: I was born in Oregon went to University of Oregon have a degree in literature um, and then I bounced around the really? world and uh, at different times in my life have been fluent in three different languages other than English um, have been to 14 or 15 different countries owned a couple businesses Uh, have been lost in the small backwood roads of Moldova at times. Uh, I own a software company that uh, helps photographers sell prints, and I believe that the power of print and analog has a special place in our humanity that needs to be preserved and promoted. And uh, I also, at the age of 50, just got the PR for a half marathon a couple days ago. Wow. So that's the short and sweet... and I have a cool family with two boys um, that think I'm a dork and my wife who thinks I'm a dork. You mean knows. They all know. They know.
0: They know. Yeah, they just know. Yeah, yeah. That's a hell of an introduction. I don't know <laughs> that I've had anybody that's got like, that's a litany of things. It's like, wow, things you didn't know, didn't expect about Andrew Fundy Funderberg. And we didn't even talk about the time I had to escape
1: in the middle of the night from Paris on a night train to Prague. We'll get to that. No, but we
0: are going to talk about that. And also mm-hmm. the other one that you mentioned this morning when you texted me. Let me so. remember what that one is. Oh, what <clears throat> was that one? Uh, We'll get to it. Okay. We that can also
1: talk time. about the time I climbed the
0: uh, highest cathedral spire in Prague at 3 a.m. I was just telling somebody my Africa stories yesterday. That's like, that one time in Africa is like, those are words that I never thought I would say in my life, but mm-hmm. eventually ended up becoming like the... You're not going to believe this, but like for real, one time I was in Africa and this happened. Yeah. No. Well, so I know Fundy, this, so I met you, I don't even know, like maybe eight years ago or so, um, just through the industry stuff. You know, we have friends that are, Andrew makes software, has made software for a long time. And I remember hearing your name even early, like maybe 2010, 2011, uh, you, re, you had made some like Photoshop uh, book layout program that was like you basically ran actions and it laid your photos into a layout and then you adjusted those right yeah so it's like the early versions of like what you guys probably know is if you're in the industry of like funny designer um is i've i've heard your name around since then and so it's like it's this has happened numerous times that i've met people that kind of seem like mythical you know it's like oh <laughs> it's like oh that's he's like a person like oh and oh and he's like a cool person and I'm like i would hang out with him and not just because he's like popular oh, or famous thanks. yeah so, um, any quick, I, I quick oftentimes side forget note. that you're popular and famous. Quick and side note like, oh. for all,
1: all you parents out there that are trying to push your kids <laughs> to like go study crap in college that they don't want to study, whether it be a lawyer computer science. So, it is totally possible to get a degree in literature to this day, not know how to code anything, zero coding skills, and can own a software company. So, all you parents out Legit. there, let your kids study art or basket weaving (laughs) or, you know, philosophy or whatever the hell they want in college.
0: I'm just going to say I would be, I don't even think I would be surprised if we went through all the creative entrepreneurs that we know and the degrees that they have that they it's, I don't even know that they don't use them, but it wasn't necessary to get them where they are. You know? Oh yeah. I have a, I have a bachelor's in biblical literature. Did you know that? No, that's awesome. Yeah. I went to school to learn how to, well, it's funny when I went to school, I thought I was just going to get a job and like, that's what I was going to do with my life. Yeah, I didn't realize that later in my life I would use all of those skills, but in a completely different capacity. So yeah, very nice. interesting. What leads us to where we are. But I think that's one of the reasons I want to talk to you days is, is I think you have just kind of this un, um, unrelinquished, like, or maybe what's the word I always like, uh, is, is, um, we'll get there. We both have. It starts with an R. <laughs> starts with an R. I can't think of it. Like you just re- refuse to give up. What's the word? Oh
1: yeah, I had that in my brain, and then you kept talking, and now it's gone. So, yeah, yeah, now it's gone.
0: We'll get back to it. Um, but yeah. if you think of it, just DM keep- me in the comments because yeah. maybe we'll uh, yeah, later gotta- in, the, in the show. I'll come back yeah. to it. But you probably Just got to keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> relentless. Unrelentless. Bam! Yeah, relentless. You're relentless. Uh, Dory said yeah. it the best. Just got to keep moving. Dory said it. You just got to keep swimming. Yeah, just keep swimming. Did do- I don't think Dory said that. Just keeps Oh, yeah, it was Dory. Yeah, it was Dory. It was, I was thinking Nemo. So, what I, I, we've had tons of conversations, and I say this about the podcast all the time. I started the podcast simply as a way to be able to have other people hear the conversations that I get to have with some of the incredible people I know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, that's another reason I wanted to have you on the podcast, is I feel like every time we talk, I walk away with something that was just like, dude, that's so helpful. And you probably had no clue. You even said it. <laughs> you probably have, have no, no idea that I have no clue. A lot of times when things are going had, down. Yeah. That like, wow, that was really intelligent. And you just are walking away like, wow, oh, that was cool. I'll talk to Chad soon. And I'm like, wow, he changed my life. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, we had an early conver- or a conversation a couple of months ago, actually. Um, and for those of you that don't know, I'm in education. I do a lot of photography education and, and small business development, just like, because mostly my, my goal in life is to have help people kind of have the create uh, creative ability to use the skills and talents and desires they have to to build a business that they love and to build a life that looks like that. Um, and so in a, even in my small business education, though, that's it's really difficult. I mean, like, one of the conversations we had, and then I'd love to tell a little bit of the story is about like, when you had first started your software company, like, when you and the question I asked uh, in the, the conversation we had was, did you see it? becoming this like did you when you were starting this off did you see down the road and like envision this and like work towards that goal um and i'd love to just kind of pick that up and talk more about that uh no so tell us a little bit about like when you were when you (laughs) no did not when you when you were starting out with some of the stuff that that later in life became funding like what was some of the like what brought that out like what how did you get to that point where you're like you know i'm going to build something i mean basically it got down to
1: the but to the point. So I, uh, I owned an English school in Japan.
0: Uh, and we ha- had another Hold on, you got to back up and tell. <laughs> yeah, me. that's not just like a, I had a, I yeah. had a Pepsi stand like I yeah. own an English school in Japan. Yeah. As
1: one does. As one does. So after so after maybe... I got out of the Peace Corps, in the Republic of Moldova, the former Soviet Union, with a degree in literature, I could not get a job in the United States. This was 1995, (laughs) I know, shocker, (laughs) 1995. um, The economy, uh, every time I leave the country and then I come back, the economy goes in the crapper. So um, bonus prize with the whole COVID-19 shutdown is I didn't leave the country and come back. So maybe the economy won't go in the total crapper this time. So possibly, um, but three times I've left the country, come back and the economy was in the crapper. Um, We'll get back (laughs) to the next time. But this time was after the Peace Corps. Couldn't get a job, Um, like literally couldn't get a job. I was waiting tables and like I just, there were just no jobs available. Yeah. Especially if you had a degree in literature.
0: and um, Especially if you had like a really useful degree, like a degree
1: in literature with experience in the Peace Corps. Yeah. If you wanted to know about Hemingway, I was your guy. (laughs) Um, But I had a friend teaching English Japan that sent me an email via AOL saying, dude, you should come to Japan, teach English. So I applied to the school, went and taught English, uh, met my current wife, uh, (laughs) current, Current I only had one. We've been married, so met my wife. wife. (laughs) Uh, We got married (laughs) and um, was teaching English there and teaching and working for other people sucked. So I started teaching on my own, grew students, had more students than I could teach myself, hired another teacher, another teacher, had a little school, but I was still teaching and um, this was '08. you know, I'd got to the point where I just was working too hard to support my family. And so I thought, oh, I'll create a digital product. And so I created a digital product and the goal was just to like sell enough that I could hire one person to kind of manage the thing and I could not work that much. What um, was
0: the digital product?
1: The, it was the uh, F- album builder version one, which was actions and scripts that was Unique, but a really bad product.
0: <laughs> but <laughs> And that it, was built for photographers?
1: That was built for photographers. The first year we made $36,000. The second year we made a hundred and thirty six, something like that. $32,000 and then $136,000 or something like that. Um, okay. And then I was able to hire one employee. And then the following year, I think we made like $300,000 or something like that um and looking back because now we have like 10 employees and programmers and you know uh three or now four really popular three They're or four cons- like uh 1099 people around yeah. the country and stuff um but it's funny as you grow a business is like people don't realize i it was probably year 3 or 4 was actually probably the most money i personally made in a year mm-hmm. compared to now um, where I just pay myself a salary, but I don't really work that much. So hourly, I'm making more now than I used to, but actually bulk made more before. So, uh, business, you know, uh, a lot of, one thing that I've learned is that businesses should serve a purpose, right? So there's businesses that help you fulfill some innate desire that you want to do. Um, there's businesses that, um, you know, lifestyle business where you work very little,
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: and then, you know, there's building a business to sell. There's business, like you you could figure out why you want to have a business and then, and that can change over time just because you started the business with this goal, you can change. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, like my youngest is going to go off to college next year. Uh, and so shifting my priorities in the business is to cut back on my hours. So I have more of a lifestyle business. So my wife and I can enjoy uh, this time that we have just the
0: two of us. Yeah. How did, how did you come to that conclusion that like you could do that? Or that like, how many times did you, you know, were there like things along the way that you like you really screwed it up and it just sucked for your, you know, for X amount of period of time before you realized that, Oh, I should just shift these things in my business. I think that's happened to me a lot of times that like, I didn't realize like it just wasn't fulfilling my needs, but I didn't know what my needs were.
1: yeah Yeah. I mean, and that's the key is knowing is, is knowing who you are and what you want. Um, yeah. And uh, a lot of times we don't know that. So one of the most profitable years for the business was one of the worst years for me personally in the business. Mm. Because uh, as we were growing, like I had never, so not only had I never owned a business with multiple people, I had never worked in a work in an office business workplace with more than three people in my entire life. Wow. Right. And so then I'm trying to manage this team of like 15 people. Yeah. I'd never even worked. You never like, worked fast I'd never food even, or anything? Well, no, I've worked fast food or worked in restaurant. I mean, in an office environment. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. Where there's like managers and employees and there's a I hierarchy see, see. and you're that, dealing with HR structure. and yeah. stuff. Like restaurants are easy. It's like either they're yeah. doing the work or they're not. Right. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> right.
0: Right. Um, It's a little bit more uh, quantifiable.
1: Yeah. So I had no idea what it was doing. And as more money came in, I thought, oh, that just means I should hire more employees. Yeah. (laughs) Instead of thinking, oh, I should take that money and maybe like buy a commercial building. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Look at all this money we have. We need to do something with it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. No, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) You can stick in the bank. Yeah. That's totally fine. So, that, so you're, so you're teaching English in Japan and you decide to create a photography product. Like what, why? Well, so,
1: um, also, uh, in between there, I became, I think the first, the first, if not one of the first, um, non-Japanese wedding photographers in Japan.
0: Oh, so that's probably, I mean, you're, and you're like, is, I assume this in is Japanese like Japanese oh, culture six. you stand out. Oh yeah. Pretty yeah. well. And I was
1: uh and this wasn't in Tokyo. This was in like the boondocks. So we were yeah. in the fourth uh largest island. So we were on the island mm-hmm. of Shikoku, which most people don't even know. Yeah, there. So we were we were in like a small town in rural Japan, uh small environment like I lived in a town of 80,000 people and uh, which sounds big, but it's small for Japan. And there were three Caucasians. Yeah. Right. In and, the, and so in you're the like the a largest tall, white vicinity. dude. Yeah. Like I'm only 5'11", but in Japan I'm, like, I'm tall. It's great. You're giant. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. the best. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's the white guy
0: you show at the, at the wedding and people are like, <laughs> what's that guy doing there? Yeah. So you were doing photography as a as like a hobby, like a side business. There, side
1: business. Yeah. So I was shooting yeah. like fifteen weddings professionally, uh, and that's how I got into the album side of things. So the all of the album software, like this was the beginning of digital. All the album software just sucked, and yeah. there were like set number of templates. And if that template, if what you want to design, if that template didn't exist, you're screwed. You couldn't do anything.
0: Yeah. So well, I remember about that same time I was designing things in like uh, in um, what's the the Adobe product in design like publishing InDesign, Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like, unless you were really good with computer stuff, it was, it was virtually it, like impossible yeah. to lay out and know how to control everything. And like, I was really good with computers and I still just kind of muddled through it, you yeah. know, it's like editing photos one at a time in Photoshop. It yeah. was just miserable. Yeah.
1: So, um, so I thought, Hey, I can make something in Photoshop that can speed up this, process of laying out albums in Photoshop. Yeah. Yeah. So did you hire
0: somebody to build that?
1: Yeah. So, uh, hired a few like offshore people. My initial investment was $2,000. Nice. And now, you know, pay off big.
0: Yeah. It was a big payoff. (laughs) was the best ROI. That might be the best business ROI you've ever had. It
1: might be the best business ROI in the universe. Yeah.
0: Like, (laughs) yeah, that's, (laughs) I get spit off millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. Maybe the guy who invented like the, the plastic toothpick or Q-tips might have you beat, but yeah, but, but he's not re he's not receiving any of that
1: cash. Right.
0: Anymore. It's true. Not yeah. anymore, but it's family. Is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Living Maybe, off that Q-tip. Yeah. Maybe money. the post-it that's, guy, oh, the guy who invented yeah. the post-it glue.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Or the, the, or the design, the original Coca-Cola label. Something like, like that. Yeah. That's what I want. I want post-it glue. I want the post-it glue money. That's yeah. what I'm, yeah. I'm aiming Everybody for in my wants life that. actually. Yeah. <laughs> So that was the first foray. That was like, so did you grow up with like parents that were entrepreneurs or like nope. people that, no? Just didn't even know nobody, anybody. Didn't even know anybody that owned a business. No business owners? Yeah. That's so wild to me. That's it. I'm constantly, my brain just processes this way. It's like, what led to that? How did that happen? What was the environment that created yeah. that person? So for it's some like,
1: reason, and I don't know where this came from because none I, I mean, I don't think it, either of my parents think this way about themselves or anything. For some reason, I always believe that if another human can do X, then I can do it. As long as it's not like some freaky, like athlete, like world right, record, right, right. you like, know, but if, jointed or yeah, something. <laughs> like if somebody, like if the, if some guy created like how to shoot a rocket to the moon, then anybody should be able to do that sure with enough you know study and effort sure yeah that makes sense yeah so yeah that, so basically if I, if that idiot can do it i can do it
0: <laughs> <laughs> well like i look at exactly that that scenario in my life and i think like it it's happened to me a million times growing up is like you know from my mom saying like well like i know you spilled the paint on the paper but just like you know paint into it and make it something different it was, yeah. it was kind of like i always refer to this as my my art teacher used to say like use your artistic license like just take your artistic license and do that. Like I would screw something up in pen and ink and he'd yeah. like, well just you know, just take your artistic and it's like that mentality of like permission, you know, yeah. Is like that that had to have come somewhere in your life, in your raising and in your practicing of what you did on a life yeah basis, And you know? I, you know, um
1: and it sucks for kids these days. And I know this sounds weird, but I think a lot of that came from like Sesame Street and the electric company and like PBS, like I used to watch PBS all the time. Yeah, it just like let
0: your brain kind of wander into those worlds. Yeah, because it was always
1: all that that whole like 70s, early 80s PBS stuff was just like you can do anything you want. You're a yeah, the like the world is your oyster.
0: Here's a rainbow and a car. Burton, yeah, (laughs) wasn't LeVar Burton's like butterflies in the sky? Yeah, Yeah. I can go twice as high. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, and you can take a look. It's in a book. Yeah. Uh We should bring that back. Actually, uh, I don't know if you do this at your house because your kid's are a little older, but like I've been reintroducing my children to like all the old shows that I used to watch when I was little, yeah. like Darkwing Duck and like, but also like movies like The Great Outdoors yeah. and like, you know, Harry and the Henderson. How, how old and, like, are your kids? So we have kids have that expanded. are from six. Yeah, from six to 21. Okay. Soon, but, so yeah, my our son, six and seven year old,
1: my son and I just did this because it came out when my youngest was like four but go back and re-watch if you haven't watched it avatar last airbender
0: the oh the cartoon. i just watched it i had just oh the cartoon i just watched avatar the movie okay okay you stop talking ago. about that that movie it should have never been made it's like <laughs> it's like rocky five it just should not <sighs> exist Okay. I never even knew what it was about. Okay, so I thought, I thought I knew what it was about. And then I watched, it. I was like, Oh, didn't see that coming okay, at all. So
1: Avatar Last Airbender, the animated series. And you can like, if you go on iTunes and read the reviews of it, there are, uh, college professors of philosophy that love and recommend this. Like it's, it's okay. a, it, it's a uh, animation series that also entertains, but teaches you something about humanity.
0: I'm feeling that you have a very strong opinion about this cartoon. (laughs) Everybody that I've
1: recommended to it, especially dads for some reason who have watched it, are like, oh yeah, best animated series ever, bar none, I'll fight you to the death. Yeah, I hope it's better than
0: Star Wars, that's all I gotta say. I hope you're not a Star Wars person.
1: uh, It's, you know, Star Wars, I I love Star Wars uh, the first round, just because it was my childhood.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's gonna be a lot of hateful comments about that comment in general, but... Bring him on, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anybody that doesn't like
1: Avatar, the animated series can just stop watching right now because I just, I can't,
0: <laughs> I'm going to put that in the comments <laughs> actually at the beginning of the show intro. It's like uh, in the show, we talk about Avatar, the uh, last airbender the series. And if you don't like the that, animated do series, just listening yeah. Yeah. to this yeah. episode. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. So, so it sounds like in, uh, you remember that, it's also a cartoon movie. It was like, see a need, fill a need, that the yep. little robot that like, it's kind of, it seems like that was very much what happened is like you, well, you weren't like looking for an opportunity uh, to like make something to like change the world. It's just like, this sucks. I need it to be better. And so you made something.
1: Well, yeah. And I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't, I, I made it so I could make money and not work. I could like, I could wake up in the morning and my bank account was bigger than when I went to bed. Feeling like P Diddy well is that you, like, you know like, like like you know yeah but not you know kind of a, a poor <laughs> more caucasian living p. Diddy the, with a, a less exciting life
0: living in the rural suburbs of a foreign country <laughs> yeah p diddy yeah you you were virtually i think that's what we're trying to say okay. is it was it was your version of p diddy's life sure <laughs> Um, so that was a question I had for you. I think that kind of led to a lot of this is, was like, they, so you didn't see it. And I think that's so, I feel like that's a big deal to talk about is, or at least point out from your life and experiences like, is I think sometimes I held myself back from pushing into things. Cause I thought like, Oh, like people like Andrew, people like, you know, that have it figured out, they knew and they pushed forward towards it. We hear lots of things about like goals and, you know, setting your priorities and vision for things is like, yeah, I think part of it's just horseshit. It's not that those things don't matter, but like the idea that like keeps me from movement isn't actually true. Like I thought you would have thought differently no. than you did then. Yeah. No. So that whole like
1: make a business plan and all that stuff is just bullshit. Yeah. Nobody's ever had a business. Like Jeff Bezos didn't have a business plan when he started Amazon. Nobody there was no right. plan in place. Like he you was have, like, hey, I hope we have an some ID, books. you have an idea and a dream, and you figure out how to make it profitable as quickly as possible. And then you just keep feeding the beast. Yeah.
0: And what were some of the what were some of the early indicators for you that it was like, oh, this is totally getting traction? Like, how did you know? Or did you not okay. have any? No. You just were okay. like, I'm gonna so, do this.
1: No. So the um Okay, so version one launched on April Fool's Day in 2008. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, And the first month, I made a little over four thousand dollars. Okay, which was like, hey, cool, nice. This is working. This is so the idea was to take that money and like put it in the kids' college fund. Mm -hmm. Then there's still no college fund. It's fine. I mean, we pay pay for the college, but it's just like out of pocket. They need to make their own way, Andrew. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. whatever. It's fine. (laughs) Um, just, yeah, it's fine. I support my kids. Don't worry about it. They're fine. They'll live. Um, and then, uh, we moved back to the United States in June and the idea was to just get a job, like and, a real job, like just a real job. Cause I had run my, I, I had not had a real job. I would just run my own businesses for the last 10 years and it's stressful. My wife didn't want me to, so I was going to get a job. Um, and then October, 2008 hit. Uh, housing market crashed worst recession in 30 years. There were no jobs and then you came back
0: into the country. Yeah.
1: It's it's my fault, but (laughs) this time I didn't leave. So somebody else's fault if it, if it crashes this time. Uh, and then in, and then I kept trying to get jobs. Um, I sold cars for three months so we could pay Hmm. for our mortgage. So we didn't lose our house, um, that we had just bought after moving back. And then in, February of 2009, I made a little over $8,000 off of the same product. Off the same product, okay. I might have released version two. I don't know,
0: or yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Some same same kind of a product, yeah, yeah.
1: So I went back to my wife and I said, Nobody is going to pay me $8,000 a month to do anything. <laughs> so legal, yeah, because <laughs> I mean, I got, I got my degree in literature and I've like owned an English school in Japan. Um, like that's <laughs> you my, that's, that's my points. And yeah. And I am yeah. in the peace corps. So
0: people are like, uh, they're like, they're like, I don't know what to do with you. <laughs> you are the virtual definition of like the person that's like, don't this, listen, you're going to end up working for peace corps and yeah. you're never going to get a job with your literature degree. You're going to be selling cars or insurance. Yeah. You're like, yeah,
1: that was, I did it. Yeah. It's it. fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, that wasn't the goal.
0: And yeah, then, right.
1: so, so then I convinced my wife to let me stop looking for a job. So I was spending like half the day looking for a job and half the day working yeah. on the product just on so we could product. pay our mortgage. So I convinced her to let me just stop looking for a job. And her, and her a, response, move on her, her response was basically like, okay, but you better make enough money to pay our mortgage <laughs> and our bills.
0: Like there was, there was an underlying threat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it it better happen. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So Which I think a lot of good things in my life have come because my wife threatened me.
1: Yeah, a little bit of pressure. is okay. Yeah.
0: Just like if you don't do this, we're probably going to die, kind of thing, you know. Yeah. No big deal. That's
1: fine. It's fine. <laughs> um. But yeah.
0: So then it started work. It like it just started working. Like it just. No, I mean you struggle
1: you feel- and like you like it's a grind, right? You struggle, you work. Um, you keep trying to make it better. Like that was the goal is like keep making it better, come out with new versions so you can offer upgrades. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just a struggle. You got employees, you got things that don't work. You know, there's, yeah. we, um, like when we first launched it, version one, version two was like the honor system. Like it was told you could totally pirate the whole thing. Right. And so version three, we launched this version where you had to like log in and register it or it wouldn't mm. work. And, work, and yeah. the day we launched that um we crashed the server, and like the login wouldn't work, so it was like <laughs> it was like just <laughs> a ticket would come in there was like this we got like four hundred tickets, like tickets would just come in every minute. I can't log in, I can't log in, we're like, we know we know we're trying to fix it
0: <laughs> if we didn't if we if it worked right, we wouldn't be talking, yeah,
1: so yeah. um yeah you know there's and then there's uh yeah i mean it didn't just work it was it was hard work it was grind um one thing i i uh talked to people um i think and this is so much worse now with social media is that we, we we're all following we're falling in love with the goal right mm. and uh you gotta love the work if you don't love the work then what are you doing then the goal doesn't matter.
0: It's weird, isn't it? I feel like there's, it's, we're like toddlers in a lot of ways. I, and I see this in myself so much that it angers me for other people is like, we're so like little kids. And if you've ever had a little kid, it, I don't know if you remember how many times in a day you say, stop, don't do that. Put that down, pick that up, wipe this up, go get this. It's like, but you almost get angry that they don't remember the next day that they're not supposed to touch that or they shouldn't <laughs> put the remote there or they shouldn't be feeding the dog in the bedroom. Like, but then it's like we do the exact same things in our personal lives and like the things that we try to do. And it's like, why don't we just recognize that that's part of it and and enjoy that process? Like that's in my, in my fitness journey, which I, I use the term journey very loosely because it's more like a, sometimes it's working and sometimes I'm wishing it's working but it's like in that process is like um, if when I have made the losing the weight or lifting the certain weight or whatever the goal was, the goal Mm -hmm. up to the goal was just miserable. It was so, I hated it. And it was like, that's something they say in our gym all the time. And I never realized like they were teaching me life lessons by teaching me just like little common phrases that we yeah. use at the gym. But one of, they say, one of the things they say all the time is like, trust the process and enjoy the process. Yeah, Like because the pro and that's, I've seen that several times in the, in the last couple of weeks on the, like, you know, some of the more popular like um, social media stuff is like, is that if you're missing the process, you're missing it because yeah. that is life. Um, well, so, so tell me that I think that's an interesting thing to, 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 Lead us to our next couple of stories because you. I feel like you're an endless wealth of fun and so, weird stories. Uh, one, one thing, real
1: quick, just to segue, just to add on what you're talking there. Um, one of my favorite books is The Art of Living by Thich Nhat Hanh. Um, okay, he's a Buddhist monk, and it, it's basically about Buddhism, and it's it's the most accessible six, uh, accessible Buddhist uh, book that I've ever read. Uh, but one mm-hmm. of the tenets of uh, Buddhism is non attachment. Yeah. Uh, Right. Non-attachment to the self, non-attachment to ideas. And um, I think there's this whole, like, it's in the fitness industry, it's in the, in the business industry. It's like you make a goal and you reach that goal no matter what. And that's the end all be all. And we have to have non-attachments to our goals. Right. So like I had, I had a goal recently to get under 175 pounds um, through running and just eating better and stuff. And I had that goal, but I'm not attached to it. Like it doesn't, it, I'm going to be happy if I meet that goal and I've, I've dipped under it and then I've gone back yeah. above it. But whether I meet that goal or not, doesn't affect me. Like I don't yeah. care if I meet the goal a lot, but I know that that's my goal and in order to reach that goal, I have to, uh, I simply have to run three times a day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Don't eat sh- three times a week or three times a week, three times a day. <laughs> <laughs> three times a day, yeah, you're a No, no, man. No, you're the man. No, uh, run three times a week and uh, eat good, you know, not eat processed foods and sugar and, and, you know, not too many chips. Uh, although those kettle chips that are salt and, and, uh, they're, they're black the pepper, the cracked black pepper they and salt ones.
0: Devil. Oh, had some of those over the weekend. That was some good stuff. You just <laughs> got to get a small bag out of them. I've realized if we get the big bag, it's gone. Well, I just, all I bags. do is
1: I just run a half marathon. Then I can eat like three bags.
0: See,
1: I don't like <laughs> running. So
0: I just not eat the chips. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, but I, so the, you know, it's like you set up the, the system is the thing, right? The goal is just like a little cherry on top. And if you don't get the cherry, who cares?
0: Right. Right. Well, so that, I mean, they said a bunch of different ways you know, like marry the process, divorce the results is like a way that I think about it a lot, um, is this changed a big, a big part in my brain when I started trying to lose weight because I stopped trying to lose weight. You yeah, know what I mean, it's like, I realized that what I really wanted was not, I don't care if I'm heavy or light. That wasn't the point. Mm-hmm. What I hated about being heavy were these things. Yeah. I didn't like sitting in a plane seat and not being able to put the tray table down because my stomach touched. I didn't realize, like I didn't indicate that that meant like I was a bad person or I was too fat for light. What I didn't like was my results. You're a bad person for completely different reasons. (laughs) <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, that's not the reason, obviously. I'm just a really big bad person. <laughs> but like, those were the things it's like, uh, I had business coaches that said like, you don't have problems with your goals. The problem is the why you want the goals. Is it big enough? Like, it doesn't really matter to you because if it really mattered, every time anything has really mattered to you in your life and you've able, it, you've been able to identify it, you've made the changes, you've done the things, you've mm-hmm. pushed through. So the goal, I think about it like this time, uh, or this way, a lot is that the goal is that I want to live a healthy life, right? Yeah. And these are the indicators that I'm living a healthy life. Weight loss is one of the indicators for you that you're doing the things that bring about a healthy life and a healthy body. And one of so the it's, things, it's kind of like a, it's an earmark. I think I say it all the time. It's like it's an earmark, or it's a mark, uh, like kind of a trail marker along yeah. the way. It's not the goal. Yeah. And and going back to non attachment is is
1: you know, one of the things in in Buddhism is is non-attachment to the self. Like the self doesn't exist, right? We're all connected to each other. And um, I think this is, it's really bad in American culture. It exists in other cultures, but it's really bad in American cultures where we define ourselves by food and drink, right? I'm a beer guy or I'm a rib guy or barbecue guy. Like, yeah. and so we can't, unattach ourselves from these food items. Like we just, we just have to let go of those things. Like it doesn't, what you eat doesn't define you. Right. And it doesn't define your personality. And so by letting go of all of that, we can just eat good
0: food and eat what we want to eat. Well, i that's a question I ask myself all the time is like, is, and the reason I've seen it happen so often Recently is because it usually comes out when traumatic things happen. Mm-hmm. Is like when you when things happen that you don't expect.
1: Yeah,
0: is I can't go to the beach and I'm so mad. Well, like the question I ask myself about that is like, what is it about the beach that I enjoy? Because the thing is, is it's not the beach. Mm-hmm. If it were the beach, I would have to be by a beach in order to find or attain happiness, right? Yeah. Or pleasure. Well, what is it about the beach? Well, when we're at the beach, it seems like I don't have as many responsibilities of like day to day things. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that feeling. So if that's something I relish in, or I look forward to when we go to the beach, how can I create things in my life that give me those kind of feelings now? And that's, you said that earlier, you need to really know yourself. And that's one of those questions that's really helped me understand myself or like realize and kind of like lay out my, my personal, whatever you want to look at Mm -hmm. is my personal standards is like, what is it about that thing? Dude, such and such said this and it pissed me off cool what was it about what they said that made you mad what was it identifying the things about and not even asking why but what was it about it it really helps me clarify just like you just said is like it takes away the emotional responsibility that I feel to like vindicate or justify because that's it's like it's so heavy and I don't want to deal with the results that that has given me I don't want to deal with the results that like beating myself up about how much I weigh has given me, but it also hasn't given me the results of change. Mm -hmm. So what is it about losing weight that that is important to me? What is it about living a lifestyle that I can go and shop at these stores and find these clothes that I like? What is, why do I, you know, how, how is that going to make my experience in day to day better? What is it that is important about? And even when I would apply that to photography, it's made such a huge difference. It isn't photos. Like people don't care about photos and coloring and lighting and stuff. It's like, what is it about those things that are important to them? And the more that you dig into that part of life, I feel like you just start to realize there's so much more, there's so much more available that you actually do want, which is why you're frustrated. You don't have it, you know? So that's really, um, I feel like that's a really good, like, wow, that was a, that was a a lot to think about. We got deep, good points. Yeah. So let's let's transition from that mm-hmm. to tell me about pooping in a bucket for a year. That was the story you mentioned. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Oh, I forgot about that.
0: Yeah. So um and On that note. Well, and
1: and this is important um to to a lot of things in my life and a lot of things that you see I feel like one of the effects that I have on people around me um is related to pooping in a bucket for a year. So <laughs> When uh, when I was, I in can't the, wait to hear how you wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was in the Peace Corps, so I I went to the Republic of Moldova and Republic, and Moldova um, was a former Soviet republic. And I went in '92 uh, in the Peace Corps, and I believe they were became independent in 1990 or '91. So it was very recent. Like I was there when the like the day they got their very first currency. Like they were using oh, rubles wow. and then they got their first currency. Um, and everybody's switching over and like, well, what's this? And what's this? Could you imagine America getting a whole new currency and trying to figure that no. out, moving from the dollar no, to something I can, else?
0: I can imagine. And there's Americans no credit cards. even understanding that we have like no more pennies, uh-huh. yeah. much less a whole new currency. Yeah. And there, you know, there's no credit cards. It's just paper right. money. Um, so just a different. form
1: yeah. of And uh, you know, their economy crashed while they're, Transitioning out of this whole thing and so like there would be months where there's no toilet paper and like you're using old Lenin textbooks and like Crinkling the pages, Um, but I lived in rural Moldova and there was no there was running water For half the year then the town pump broke and we had to use well water Um, But there was there were no and the water table was so low that you couldn't have a traditional outhouse so um, You had to poop and pee in a bucket in the outhouse and then that bucket Sweet. got emptied into the ravine out back.
0: Sounds yeah. super And sanitary. during the
1: winter, when everything froze, the bucket would freeze. And so it would just kind of like, yeah. So, I <laughs> some, mean, it's gross. It's cold shit, bro. <laughs> yeah. So, it, you know, it's gross, but, you know, you got to relieve yourself. Um, but what that taught me is, and you'll see, is I don't really complain about much. I don't complain about much. It's like, hey, you know, I could be pooping in a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not.
0: So yeah. everything else how is awesome. Like your life, I was going to say, how, how different do you feel like your life would be if you had come home from that experience and been like, thank God I never have to poop in a bucket again. Yeah. Well, and I'm that happy. was where you left it. Yeah, I'm happy well, I know, but I mean, when, if you left it as like, yeah. that was the worst time of my life and screw doing that.
1: Yeah, well, like, you- so, but the thing is it wasn't like I was able to live, I live with this family and like there wasn't really much TV or anything. So like the uncle would come over, we'd play guitar and like sing Beatles songs together. And like, yeah. I saw all this crazy stuff and, um, you know, learned a lot about humanity. And because of that, I know that, Hey,
0: pooping in a bucket doesn't define your life. And yeah, but how do you do that, man? Like, how do you, how do you come from an American well, culture in the mid mid 80s, you know, and move overseas and like hey, poop in a bucket? That and was like, the early 90s. I'm and not the- that old. Come on, do your math. Well, you, <laughs> no, but you came, I said you came from a culture in yeah, the yeah, mid 80s. Yeah. Like you grew up in the mid 80s. Like, and you and you move like to another country and poop in a bucket on a daily. How do you do that and be like, we oh, it's do cool, man, actually, it's amazing. Yeah, you no, do people it. don't just do it, though. That's what I'm saying. Like people complain about having to get gas, like get out of their car and get gas. See,
1: but I think that's a recent thing because no, I think even like in the 70s and early 80s, people didn't really complain about that much because you just
0: had to do shit but they complained about they complained about other stuff that you that is just normal yeah people complain but people complain a whole lot more
1: now than they used to people complain about everything yeah oh my god i the the one out of 37 different types of kombucha i like isn't in, in stock <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's thirty-seven. There's probably way more than (laughs) thirty-seven. I'm just making stuff up. But you know what I mean. I mean, you live in Oregon. There's probably
1: 137. But if, but in all seriousness, though, that um, living in a place and a time with a severe lack of stuff, like we, you know, we probably ate like seven different dishes for a whole year, and you pooped in a bucket, and your choices of drinks were water from the well, um, vodka. Um, Winner. and, uh, that was it. Me? And then maybe like a Fanta once a month, cause you like mm-hmm. went, you had to go into the different town where the black market was and buy a Fanta for a dollar when you made $75 a month.
0: Yeah. Right. It's not a lot of Fantas.
1: So no, it's not a lot of
0: Fantas, you know? So, um, so this is, uh, this is actually something very interesting to me is it's a, and this is a conversation that has come up so many times in our life with children is, are our children actually a holes like are the children that we're raising legitimately jerks or are they amazing kids that just lack the perspective that allows them to see what they are have in front of them
1: yeah and i you know all all generations whine about the upcoming generation you know like <laughs> Like, you know, my parents were like, well, when I was a teenager, we had a party line. So I couldn't even call anybody because the telephone line was shared by five families, you know? Yeah. When Uh,
0: When we were kids, we had a rotary phone. Yeah.
1: You know, when my dad was in junior high, he had an outhouse. know yeah and everybody complains about it and then you know and all kids are spoiled until they go out on their own and they have to start learning their own way and then like oh crap okay i get it (laughs) so (laughs) but yeah but all the changes is
0: not like all that changes is a perspective that's what i was getting to is like is that literally all i think so many times um i have situations where i'm like man i wish so and so would like see this differently yeah. And, and so I'm trying to figure out like how they would see it differently. And usually the way that I try to make them see it differently is for them to see it from my perspective. Um, yeah, which so ultimately the, is a sales conversation is like, it's a bad, that's a bad sale. Yeah. Um,
1: ultimately you can't do that. You know, one of yeah. the, uh, you know, uh, one of the tenets of meditation from Thich Han is uh, freedom of thought. You, anytime you, uh, try to force your thoughts onto someone else, you're creating suffering in them and suffering in yourself yeah. and people either they get it or they don't. And, and it involves, uh, it involves a deeper thinking and a deeper understanding of humanity to get to that point. And, and people will get to that point at different stages in their life. And some people will never get there.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, that, it on one of the other episodes we talked about, um, Sean Gordon from kiss books Mm -hmm. talked about the curiosity and he, and he said, and this was actually just a conversation I had with one of my coaching clients this morning. I said at the end, at the end of every situation you have to say to yourself, did I get the results that I was after? Like, did I get the results I was pursuing? Mm -hmm. And if you didn't, then it's not necessarily that you did the wrong thing right and wrong. Aren't even necessary to identify, but it's more important to say like that question we just mentioned is like, what about that was important? Like is, is, when you, when you enter things like with more of what you're talking about is like this idea of like a curiosity Mm -hmm. of like a, I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to see what else is out there. I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to think about like, well, I don't have air conditioning right now because it's loud and I'm sweating my butt off when I record podcast episodes, podcast Mm -hmm. episodes, because the air conditioner in my room is loud. But like I've, I've been places where like they didn't have air conditioning in the country, much less in your bedroom. Yeah. So like air conditioning in and of itself is like, it's nice, but it's not necessary. No, That allows me to experience the experience I'm having right now and, and to not put up with it, but like to enjoy the process. Right. And so where I put my mental energy on a regular basis is more of that kind of that thing you were just talking about. is like, is, is intending to be curious and intending not to like see it from someone else's side, but just like with that general understanding of life is like, you know, like it's not the worst thing that's ever happened. And and even if it is the worst thing that's ever happened to me is like, there are redeemable qualities or there are things that, or if nothing else, it'll be over at some point, you know? Yeah. And you know,
1: ultimately if your enjoyment of life and your enjoyment of the world around you is um, affected by things out of your control, you will not be happy
0: or dependent on.
1: Yeah, that's definitely true. So, you know, we're in a global pandemic, and I can't go to the beach. Um, I built a van to go camping, I can't go camping, and yeah, yeah it's it, it sucks, but you know, it does that's it, fine. You know, yeah. I uh, my life's not in danger directly. Um, I'm in mm-hmm. control of, of what I'm able to do. Uh, my family's
0: happy and healthy, and yeah. um, yeah, it's fine. There was a, a phrase I learned a while back, um, called bcding blaming, complaining, or defending mm-hmm. is, and it's, and again, it's like, <laughs> I think sometimes people mm-hmm. hear things like this and they're like, well, that's not the right thing to think, or that's the wrong thing. Ultimately, this is what it does for me is when I think about blaming, complaining, defending is what it does is it either gives me the the ability to make, to take action, mm-hmm. or it removes from the, the ability to take action. Mm-hmm. So blaming something else, complaining about something else external or defending my reasons why I am allowed to do those things. What that ultimately is doing is I am giving up my ability to control what I can control. And it's taking away from me the ability to take action. And so it's like at the very base level, it's kind of that same understanding is like what I want in any aspect of my life is I want to be able to at least do the things I can do with what I can do. And if I, blame that, you know, what's happening on or how I feel about what's happening on someone else. It's not even, it doesn't even matter if it's right or justified. It's that it removes from me the ability to like do something about it. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's, it's a, that's a really, I don't know. It's such a, like you said, it's, you start to look at humanity in a different way and like a different level of life that you want to live. But I feel like it's the, the higher I've gotten up in my thought patterns Mm -hmm. is it's like, it's simplified my life in so many ways that's like actually made my life so much easier thinking in these ways versus the ways i used to mm-hmm. think about things which is crazy so well hey man before we wrap up i want to i want to hear the story about prague climbing the did you say the the tallest mountain well do tower you want the
1: you want the well there's seg, i could start with uh, uh, the two stories segue into each other so okay let's do um, that so the uh, first i had to escape to prague On the night train.
0: Escape from? Paris. Because of? uh,
1: After college, I lived and worked in Paris for three months on this student visa thing that they used to have.
0: Did you Um, crash Paris's economy?
1: I don't think so. (laughs) Um, And so uh, for a while, for about a week, we were staying at Shakespeare and Company, where uh, James Joyce wrote uh, Ulysses and Hemingway and Gertrude Stein. Everybody used to hang out. Um, but there was like a ton of bed bugs. So we found this place to sublet in Paris and subletting okay. is illegal. But anyway, we're we were subletting, we were on that. like the fourth floor and these are like big vaulted ceilings with like the, the cool, like European molding, you know, the,
0: oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, super you, old.
1: Yeah. So it was probably like 1800s built in the 1800s. Um, and then there was this note as you walk into the building one day said that there, on this day, um, the water's not gonna work because we're gonna do some plumbing work. So I'm like, cool, right. forgot about it. Woke up one morning, turned on the faucet to brush my teeth and there's no water. And I'm like, oh, cool, no water. This is the day there's no water, whatever. I turned off the faucet. My girlfriend and I went to work. We got home, the doors kicked in and there's a piece of paper taped to the door from the Paris Fire Department. And it says, you have left the rubinet open. I'm like, what the hell's a rubinet? And so I go look faucet? up in my dictionary. It's a faucet. So I've left the faucet open um, because in uh, Europe, in America, the faucets turn this way into each other.
0: Oh, yeah. In yeah. Europe,
1: they turn this way. So I had both turned turn the, the cold water on all of the way full blast in the bathroom and the, and na- the
0: water was off when you left. Yeah.
1: And then obviously it came back on. And um, so if the people below us had called the fire department, that would have been awesome. But it was the people below them called the fire department because water was dripping from their ceiling. Two layers down. Yeah. So we had destroyed ceilings, TVs, like everything. Like We're penniless. Like I got like $400 to my name. And that was my and last paycheck. And you're subletting paycheck. illegally. And we're subletting illegally. So we contact the person that we're subletting from and we're like, you got to use your insurance. She doesn't have insurance, which is also illegal. Um, and she's like, okay, well let's wait till it dries out. And I have a friend that can repair this. You guys can pay for repair costs. And we're like, "Mm." and then,
0: uh, we get, we get a call from her and it's (laughs) like,
1: oh, okay. So, Hey, it's, we can start repairs. So we just left, got the night train to (laughs) Prague, packed our bags, left middle of the night. Hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and then we went and visited a friend and there uh, may, there may or may not be
0: like a warrant out for your rest in Paris.
1: Well, I think that the. I bet it's, it's too, it's too long, right? I bet it was like 10 years or something. Uh, statues of limitations. Maybe. Well, and yeah. also
0: she was what she was, you weren't legally renting anyway, so you couldn't have been held responsible. Yeah. And there's, there was no, there, were no, well, pay, there was her. no
1: signed papers. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and then we visited a friend and there was a lot of construction in Prague then because it was 93 or four and it's like Prague was booming. And so there was, uh scaffolding all around the tallest cathedral in Prague and so at like two or three in the morning we like climbed all the way to the top you're like what a brilliant idea yeah so that was fun
0: that's exciting
1: yeah my son did that today I would kill him
0: oh absolutely if anyone (laughs) knew about that you probably would have been in like sincere trouble oh yeah and nobody I don't think Prague's like a place you're like hey you know that one time I got arrested in Prague you don't
1: want to go to Czech prison
0: no, I don't think that that's I, I think anything be. yeah anything like soviet union ish people were like yeah prison and that's not a good you don't want to be there yeah 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 I uh, I was telling somebody yesterday my my um africa stories about getting chased by a um uh, ostrich on a dirt bike and it was like well, it was one of those moments where I think, yeah. But I think it's one of those moments where you look back on your life and you're like, I was a lot like I wasn't <laughs> drink. I didn't watch that on TV. Like, <laughs> it wasn't I, a I YouTube up, thing, <laughs> right? Yeah, I watched that in in real life. It happened, and no one had a cell phone, and we didn't record jack squat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but that's it's like that. I had that feeling a lot when I was there. Was just probably what you know. Even even as you're thinking through that and reminiscing. Um, and I'm sure there's lots more to talk about this. Maybe we'll have you back on and talk about like print because it is such, I think it's so cool to think about your life and those things that are in your life that like are connected to the reasons you're happy you're alive and what drives you to keep doing all these things. Cause like you mentioned it earlier, that's like, it's a grind. It's like the resistance that you face in a small business or like in an entrepreneurial venture, like the resistance that you face on a daily basis is like unparalleled to me, unparalleled in many aspects of daily life. And so often I don't think I understood going into it that it would be there, but on a daily basis, it's just like, well, I'm just going to the gym again. You know, it's like, I'm just going to suck it up. And then you look back on it and you think, The reasons that I've built this thing that is so incredibly valuable to me and like really I feel like your mission as a company is empowering so many other people to do those same things is literally because you just took like the next steps in all of these stories and how crazy it is that print brings that out of your every single day life. You know what I mean? So I feel like there's a good follow-up episode that we should talk about that and like, because uh, um, even non photographers uh, people that just in living their lives like i'd love to talk a little bit more about your your journey to paris and um, like why you went yeah, to get maybe you can link photo the, you and can link the documentary in the comments yeah well that's what i was going to say what before we hop off let me let me uh, put in here like what how can people find you maybe if you got like a youtube channel that talks about some of this stuff or they can find so, fundy Designers. so yeah i mean uh,
1: you can go to fundy.com and see the product that we make uh, you can go to powerofprintfilm.com to see the documentary of me traveling back to the south of France to recreate a hundred year old uh, portrait that was taken in World War I of my great great uncle. Um, and then F-U-N-D-Y. Yeah. Yeah. That. And that's about just it. Just like it sounds. Can I leave you with one of my favorite quotes? Please do. I think it's a Lombardi quote, but I'm not sure. It's one of my favorites. I just don't know who said it. Uh, <laughs> well, it's it's more of like a family quote. It's like me and my cousin. Vincent Lombardi? Yeah. The football guy? Yeah. Uh okay. but I could be wrong. Uh but it's more it's more what it's a quote from me and my cousin always say uh to our kids, um, which is whether you think you can or you can't,
0: you are right. Yeah. It might have been originally attributed to Ford. Maybe possibly. But we're going actually let's say Abe Lincoln said it. It's all good. Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> my great actually, uncle. this is on the internet. So Andrew Funderberg originated that yeah. quote. But it's true. Whether but you think you can or you can't, you're right awesome, man. Hey, dude, I really appreciate you taking the time today. Thanks for spending some time um, and thanks for uh imparting some of your wisdom and just being an all-around cool dude. Thank you, sir. Alright, bro. We'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for checking out the Goat Rodeo Podcast. Please be sure to like and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash thegoat rodeo podcast or on Instagram at the Goat Rodeo Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to be notified as soon as new episodes become available. As always, we thank you for your support and we'll see you soon.